Next on BYU Sports Nation, part two of our top five and five. What's the greatest BYU basketball win post-Jimmer era? Former Cougar track star Shaq Walker sets a world record just days after controversy at the Olympic trials. He joins us to talk the ultimate bounce back. Plus, NFL free agent signee Riker Matthews joins us in Studio B, the latest in his pursuit of a roster spot in New Orleans. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Hello everyone, BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, July 6th. Glad to have you with us wherever and however you have chosen to dial in. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man that is part of the Forbes Top 3 Billion Men, Jason Shepard. It's a, it's a prestigious honor. Not everybody gets in. And by that, I mean everybody gets in. <laughs> but it's something I'll take nonetheless. <laughs> Where do you fall on that list? Um, somewhere between 2 and 3 billion. Okay. Hey, that's, that's it's nothing a, it's, to hang your head about, it's man. It's a wide range. Um, <laughs> we don't, I don't like to talk about it, though. Forbes released their list of top colleges in America earlier today. BYU checking in at number 86. Now, that is relevant and notable for a couple of reasons. First, it is the highest in the state of Utah. Take that for what you will. Whoa. You mean higher than what? Just take that for what you will. Interesting. Okay? Interesting. You can run with that information. I'll let you go look up the other institutions (laughs) in the state of Utah if you so choose to do that. BYU is the highest in the state. Number two, that is higher than every current Big 12 member and every potential Big 12 expansion candidate that has been discussed by the media. Ooh. (gasps) Let's see then. So we can add that with being number 30 in the Learfield standings. The data compilation, it's looking good. I wish it mattered right now. (laughs) It, they already know. Spencer, it all matters. The test has already been submitted, this man. Is, this is just like extra credit. <laughs> this is just like added. This is like piling on. You got an it's A+. Like, plus. We get it. You got an A-plus from Forbes. <laughs> number 86. Number 93 is the University of Texas at Austin. That is the closest Big 12 member to BYU, by the way. You say 96? 93. Oh, 93. 93. BYU 86. By the way, can you name one BYU football player that wore the jersey number 86? How about uh, Douglas Jolly? Doug Jolly. Do you have a second? Oh, on the coaching staff, Ben Cahoon. Ben Cahoon. Very good. Another prominent uh, member of the BYU football team, where 86, Earl Kaufman. (laughs) (laughs) You remember the kicker and punter, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And Dan Plater. You can't forget Dan Plater as well. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We will start in the Big 12 Update Center with the man, Ben Bagley. Decision 2016, a Big 12 expansion update on BYU Sports Nation. This just in, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby announced the conference board of directors will meet July 19th, saying it could be a day of determination. Whether the league votes to add additional schools or whether the current round of expansion talks ends. Back to studio. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get this straight. Throw the blue goggles. All right. This means that BYU is going to be invited on July 19th, right? Blue the, goggle through alert. the blue goggles. Blue goggle Hang, on. Hang on. Blue that's, alert. that's what blue it means. That is exactly <laughs> what that means. July 19th is the day. Now, let's snap back to reality, shall we? Okay. 
It could be a day of determination. So they're saying we could make a decision. Maybe. Just might. This is the perfect <laughs> example of saying so much while saying absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. We are going to make a decision on July 19th unless we don't. That's basically <laughs> what this is. But here's the deal. I read it. Totally excited. You're about excited. It. I can't. Jason Shepard. Immedi- immediately, I'm like, I think that's a fill-in day for me on BYU Sports Living Nation. and dying on every word oh. that comes out of the Big 12 Update Center. Thank no you, life. Ben Bagley, for that addition to this day's BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Let's get on with the headlines, <laughs> shall we? Uh, days after being disqualified in the Olympic trial, Shaquille Walker sets a world record in the Road 800 at the Springfield 800, which, by the way, brings us to a very early stat of the day. Okay. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Shaq Walker set a world record in the road 800 meter running a 146.54 in the Springfield 800 meter race. What does that mean? Let's ask Shaq Walker. He will join us later in the program. What is a road 800 meters? And how do you set a world record in that just a few days after... The largest athletic disappointment of your life. That is what you call mental toughness. Mm. He'll join us in 15 minutes. Brandon Davies in the NBA Summer League had three points, five rebounds, an assist, and a steal in 11 and a half minutes for the Detroit Pistons yesterday. Colton Shaver, former, not former, BYU baseball DH. Are you, are you no, saying no, no, something, no, no, no. Jason? No, 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 no. You are the BYU baseball no, 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 insider. No, no, I'm not saying that. Was just, that was just a, a, a mistake <laughs> on my part. BYU baseball's Colton Shaver playing with the Wareham Gateman of the Cape Cod lead went two for three with an RBI last night. He's currently hitting 257, as I mentioned, in the very prestigious Cape Cod lead. Attaboy, Colton. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball, life after Jimmer. If you missed the show yesterday... We discussed the top five wins in five years of BYU football independence, and now we present our top five wins in the five years since one Jimmer Fredette left Provo, Utah, and BYU. And, of course, in that same year, BYU joined the West Coast Conference. So, with that in mind, please join today's Twitter conversation. What is the best BYU basketball win in the post-Jimmer era? Which, again, is since 2011. Five years. What's the best win after Jimmer? At KJJMBAA says, best win, no question, beating the Zags at Gonzaga 73-70 to close out the 2015 regular season. We shaved Jerem's head because of that win. (laughs) That alone makes it the number one win in BYU basketball post-Jimmer because he had to go through that in this studio. And it was so funny because... He threw that out there. It's one of those things you look great because you look like, you know, like I'm supporting the team. I have confidence. The likelihood, though, that it would happen, very slim. I don't think Jerem had confidence, which is why he was so willing to put his hair on the line. And the fact that he was at the game and was on that road trip just made it all the better because he was like, yeah, great win. Then he was like, Oh, man. i got to shave my head now. And now now what it did was it set the tone for anything moving forward. People just want Jerem to shave his head. Yes. Put your hair on the line. It it moved over to you, too. It's a huge moment in this show. And as I've said a million times, I will never do that to my poor mother. (laughs) Hello, Christine. Uh... Thinking about you. (laughs) I would never do that to her. (laughs) Be honest. You would never do that to you. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, Jason, what do you got? Top five and five since Jimmer Fredette left BYU. All right, number five for me was actually a neutral site game. It was in Kansas City at the Sprint Center back in 2013. BYU defeated Texas. Ah, Tyler Haas hit that super yes. clutch shot fading out of bounds off one foot. And it was just another opportunity. It kind of started the BYU beating Texas theme. So that's number five for me. Number four, 2013 at Stanford. I believe BYU scored 112 points in that game. Part of the ESPN tip-off. Yes. That was a big win. So that was four. Number three, 2012 versus Iona in the NCAA tournament. That's number three? That's number three wow. for me. Remember okay. the 25-point comeback? And it was... Obviously, a, a tournament win. Number two, 2016 at Gonzaga. So the most recent win on the road at the Kennel, beating Gonzaga the second time in a row. Number one for me, which I think is kind of will be probably a theme among fans today, 2015 yes. at Gonzaga, the first time BYU goes up and defeats the Zags on their home court. It was senior day for Kevin Pangos. Yes. They were ranked number two or number three, depending on which poll you look at, in the country. That win was enormous. That was why BYU got into the NCAA tournament that year. That was, the, in my mind, the biggest win for BYU in the last five years. No question. No argument about that. Best hoops win post-Jimmer. The first time BYU won at Gonzaga, 73-70. They, they spoiled... Kevin Pangos, senior night. Nobody snapped, gave them a chance to win that snapped game. Snapped a 41-game home win streak. Wasn't it 41? Yes, yeah, 41. Unbelievable. Okay. So, right. so what's, got, so what's your got top number, five? We've got number one out of the way. Yes. For me, number five is the other win at Gonzaga. Nate Austin, shout out for that block shot <laughs> on uh, Kyle Wilcher. To uh, close that game out by one point. So that's number five. That was number two for me. That was you. number two for me. You're giving the Zags a lot of credit going one, two, right? Because there. you did it once. You go back and do it a second time. It, it, it ranks high for me. I'm not saying it wasn't a prominent win. It's in my top five, okay? So second win at Gonzaga on January 14, 2016. That's number five. Number four, the last time BYU beat Utah in basketball, December 8th, 2012, a three point comeback win. Matt Carlino, Tyler Haas helping out with that because it was Utah, and it's been a while <laughs> since BYU beat Utah. Seeing 2012 attached to that game depresses me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. I'm sorry. I'm on the vengeance train this morning with this <laughs> list. Number three, at St. Mary's in February of 2014. You may not remember, that night, Matthew Delavadova had his number retired in Moraga at St. Mary's. And BYU went on the road and won there for the first time, spoiling his night and getting at least a little bit of redemption. A little payback. For the Delva Dagger. So they spoiled his retirement party, and that win put BYU on a solid road that really got things going for them to get into the NCAA tournament in 2014. So that's number three. Number two, Iona. We're talking about the greatest comeback win in NCAA tournament history. BYU's done by 20. Five points, and they came back and won. That was the last win they had in the NCAA yeah, that tournament. Was, in the last five years, that's the tournament win. That's it. That's number two for me, and number one, as discussed, at Gonzaga, February 28, 2015. Jerem shaves his head. BYU knocks up number two Gonzaga. Ends the nation's longest home court winning streak. And another spoiled <laughs> senior night for another, uh, I don't know, loathed member. <laughs> It's a good word. It's a very good word. Of BYU's most uh, disliked players. I, I noticed that uh, we each had the same honorable mention 
the the win at Southern Miss in the NIT back in 2013. Yeah. That that's the game that sent BYU to the Final Four in the NIT. And I know NIT has a stigma, and you know it, it was on the road. It was on. That was a great game. That was Brock Zilstra who had a huge game on the road. That that was an honorable mention for both of us. Answer the Twitter question. Our friends, what is the best BYU basketball win in the post-Jimmer era since 2011? Use the hashtag BYUS in that conversation going right now on Twitter. Get involved, and let's get to some of your tweets. It's Twitter time. At Still Team Riley, he's back. <laughs> What's up, man? Honorable mention. This, he says this is an honorable, honorable mention. mention. Down by 25, BYU completes the greatest comeback in NCAA tournament history to beat Iona and advance. Granted, we only asked them to name the best yeah. win. So was that your number two? Because that was my number two. That was my number three. The greatest comeback in NCAA tournament history is not at least number two. Beating Gonzaga twice, one and two. Coming up, Riker Matthews of the New Orleans Saints, but first controversy at the Olympic trials followed by a new world record at Shaq Walker. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. You know the drill, Jason. Use the hashtag BYUSN. That's all you got to do. Jump on the BYU Sports Nation social media train. As we just mentioned, Twitter, it's at BYU Sports Nation. It's BYU Sports Nation on Instagram. And if you're into the Snapchat, you can find us at BYUSN. It's day two of our top five and five with basketball on the mind today. We did football and independence, top five wins in five years. Now we are asking, since BYU joined the West Coast Conference and Jim or Fredette left, what are the top five BYU basketball wins? At HistoryGeek1776, great Twitter handle. BYU at Gonzaga in February of 2015. Heart-wrenching win with the best results for BYU. Gonzaga fans' reaction to the loss was priceless. The shock is what was on their face. Was HistoryGeek1776 there? If you were there, well done. That was a tough ticket to get. Tough ticket. Oh, an epic win for sure. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is our good friend Shaquille Walker, track and field star at BYU, now has taken the professional route. Shaq, nice to have you back on the show. It's good to be back. It it seems like I was here just just yesterday, so thanks for having me. You just set a world record in the Springfield (laughs) 800. Okay, so tell us about the particulars of the race. What what is this world record all about? Well, (laughs) I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, I guess I I mean, I got to be honest. It's it's on the road, and a lot of people don't do road 800. Um, It's a, it's. I feel like it's a pretty new concept. Um, And I I ran 140. You know, I think it was 146, something like that, with on the road, which was which is a good time. I think the the previous world record, just to show you that how little people do it, it was it was 151. Um, And so it's typically running on roads, a little slower um, in a race like that because you don't know quite where you are. You don't know. how to pace it right there's um you're not in you know you're not on uh, like a track with spikes on you're just on a road with just you know running shoes on and so um throughout 146 i was actually really happy with that and it's not as cool as it sounds in terms of like a world record but it, it was still a good time for me. oh I, we're gonna we're gonna blow it up and make it sound awesome don't try man. and downplay it's a world, world record, record. record. <laughs> i know I know, I should live it up, because it'll probably get stolen next year. <laughs> well, so you, you said that this is kind of a new thing. What prompted you to want to run this type of race? Um, yeah, so, it, you know, it was 
I mean, the prize money was nice. So there were um, <laughs> a lot of guys that were doing it that were good, and there was good prize money. And and I I had been I felt really fit and I felt sharp and ready to race. Um, I expected to race three times this past weekend. Unfortunately, I only raced twice at the Olympic Trials, and so I felt like I still had fresh legs. And so I went to that race, and it, I mean, it ended up paying off. So it was good. Because of the disappointment that happened at the Olympic trials, and we'll get into the, the specifics of that in just a minute, did that in a way prime you for for this run and winning that prize money? Um, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It, uh, it was it was like a it was a really up and down up and down weekend. Like it was, you know, it just went so different from the way I expected. Um, but then at the same time, it it, it had a. a somewhat better than horrible with me, you know, like to win a race and to run a good time there. Let me know that I'm fit. Um, and it actually got me excited for the rest of the season heading to Europe. And it just gives me a that, uh, gives me confidence that I can run, you know, a, a healthy PR on the track. If I can run 146 on the roads, then, yeah, I should definitely be able to run 144 low, 143 high on the track. So that's, that's exciting. Um, in terms of feel from the, you know, all the controversy over what happened, in the semifinal race, that definitely, I think, had a part to do with it. I, I, of course, I wanted to just have fun and enjoy it and enjoy why I, why I run, but at the same time, it, I wanted to just prove and show that I did deserve to be in that final. And so I think that had something to do with it as well. Well, let's follow up on what you just talked about. I mean, obviously, the last few days has been a wide range of emotions. What, have, what, what has the last couple of days been like for you? Yeah, so Friday was, it was a good day. Um, qualified for the semifinal round, and that's Often the first round for me is the most stressful because that's the one where, like, if you lose, you know, you have no excuse. You're like, I didn't qualify. I just read that. Um, and so once you get that one out of the way, you get your legs underneath you and you feel confident heading through the next day. So Friday was good. Um, Saturday, I felt great all day. You know, I was I was prepared. I, I liked the heat that I was in. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, everything just went well until the last 15 meters when – I got tangled up and ended up falling, and I mean, and I wasn't stressed <coughs> because I I thought that we would be granted the protest. But um, not only were we not granted the protest, but the athlete who you know tripped me, he was granted the protest. So it was that was tough, and it was hard, and I felt like there were a lot of things that went wrong, a lot of policies that weren't followed by USATF, and um, yeah, it was just it was just a mess, really. A lot of things that that just fell out of place. Um, and it's, it's just unfortunate. It's just, it's just really bad timing. This is the Olympic trials, but, you know, it's all right. I, I'm over it now. How do you get over that type of disappointment, Shaq? Um, I have to, honestly, like, I, I don't know. I just, I think I just have to focus on, you know, what I can control. Like, that's, that's gone. That is passing on. It's, it's, it's hard because it's, the Olympic trials are in it every year. It's every four years. So usually you're like, oh, well, you'll get them next year, buddy. <laughs> but this one is like, well, in four years you can try again. And so, um, but I think as I focus on just like, okay, well, what can I do right now? Like, well, what I can do right now is go run 143 this season, this summer, and just, you know, further prove to myself and to everyone watching that I deserve to be in that final and that, you know, I would have been, I would have loved to have an opportunity to be in that final to make the Olympic team, especially after seeing what it took to make the Olympic team. That was heartbreaking. <laughs> so, you know, 145.48 made it in. And I've run faster than that twice this year. So that was heartbreaking to watch, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's just focusing on what I can control. 
not only, as you mentioned, was there controversy during the race itself, you get clipped, ultimately told you're not allowed to, to advance on, but as you mentioned, there was also controversy in the appeals process. A lot of rules that yeah. everybody thought were in place weren't followed. Your coaches were not allowed to be part of it, which I, my, my understanding is that they are. What can you tell yeah. us about all of that? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really weird, to be honest. Like, so the, the process kind of went with, um, immediately after my race, I went to go file an appeal, and my agent, Ray Flynn, and Coach Heisfeld were already heading towards me. Um, and they are like, it's already done. Just to show you how quick they were, I think my race ended at like 12.07. Yeah, appeal was filed by 12.10. Wow. So was just like, <laughs> um, yeah, like, because, I mean, it was so obvious. Like, we all were like, oh, God, oh, clearly they'll still see this. Um, and so... During the appeals process, I, at the same time, I called an, a guy that's provided, his name's John Mears, he's provided for all the athletes, he's an athlete advocate at the meet, just to make sure the athlete's right for us held, and that nothing fishy or weird goes on. Um, and when he went to go and get into the appeals process, they, they wouldn't let him in. Um, and he, they said, quote, your services aren't needed here. And he said, you know, this is my job, this is what I'm here. And he said, well, we're not letting you in. So he went and spoke to an, a guy named Ed Gorman, who's the, the chairman of USATF. So that way, Ed Gorman could let these officials know that, you know, John, my athlete, athlete, athlete deserves, and it was his right to be there. Um, and he got he got the go-ahead from Ed and went back to the officials, and they said, well, the first appeal, you know, we're done now, and he's not advancing. And John's wow. like, oh, okay. Wow. Um, but then they, they, they said they would keep him updated if anything changed, and they never even updated him, or they never told him, that we filed a second appeal, so he wasn't there for it. So they, they never told him, even though they said they would, and that was that was what they were, you know, that was their responsibility um, to keep him informed about an ongoing decision that was engaged. And so that didn't happen. He was pretty upset about that. Um, you know, it goes it goes on and on. Beyond that, there there was the second the jury of appeals, which is the second process. There has to be three to five members in on that jury of appeals. Um, and when the when the paper came back with the decision. It only had one signature on it, and as far as we know, there's only one guy there. Um, and we compared that with the, you know, the first appeal that we made. There were multiple signatures on the paper. Yeah, on the second one, there's only one, and denied to a circle with no explanation. So it didn't even provide an explanation as to why it was, um, you know, just a lot of weird things going on. Like, you know, I mean, I could go into so much more, but <laughs> it's like, you know, it's just, it was just weird. It was really weird, and and it's one of those things where you you don't want to say like okay this is politics or they, like the system was a little weird you don't want to say that but at the same time it's like well the athlete actually wasn't there so how do we know <laughs> if he, this is why he's made you know to protect and make sure everyone's on the same page so it was just a lot of mess ups you know i don't know that any of it was malicious i don't think it was but it just the system failed in that case and it was just unfortunate for me yeah, understandably frustrating, borderline maddening. We're talking with Shaq Walker on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. BYU track and field All-American just recently turned pro, set a world record in a road 800 race uh, recently, and it's it's great to have you back on. Man, I understand that it's it's probably got to feel like a whirlwind with everything that's gone on. But when you take a step yeah. when you take a step back. Would you have done? I mean, would you have done anything differently? Would you have run that semifinal race any differently? Because you said it was the perfect race up until about the last fifty meters. Yeah, no, and that's what's like. That's what gets me too. Because I, I don't know what I could have done differently. I mean, of course, there's like the answer, like, well, I could have treated it just like a final, you know, and I could have gone out through the first four hundred like I did in fifty-one seconds, which was good and fast. 
but instead of letting it settle after that, I could have kept the hammer down and just tried to completely get away from everyone. I guess that's an answer. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, I don't know if I would do that because then that's a waste of energy that you want to face. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I thought about this so many times. I played it over my head a billion times. I don't know that, you know, I felt like I just controlled what, what I could control. I ran the race that I wanted to run and it just, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't my day, and that, that happens sometimes in the 800. You just, yeah, I mean, sometimes there's jostling, and it happened in the women's 800-meter final. I, the, the girl that I think was going to win got stepped on with 100 meters to go and just fell, and, you know, she didn't. she's not going to Rio either, so mm. everyone's heartbroken for her as well. I mean, this happens sometimes. It's just the, what made it sing a little bit more, I think, was that the runner behind me got advanced, and yeah. I did it. That's what made it sing more than anything. Well, you get clipped, and from the from the video that I have seen, and I've watched it a number of times, it looked like you were positioning yourself to make a run at winning the heat. Am I correct in, yeah. in that? Did, did you feel uh-huh. like you were going yeah. to win the heat? I mean, I don't know what Clayton Murphy has a good goal. He's the one who won the heat. Um, in his interview afterwards, he said he thought he, his goal after coming off the curve, he was in fifth, and he said, oh, I didn't know if I could get the win. You know, I was hoping I could get top three. He took top three advanced. And so... I was in a better position than he was, certainly. Um, I've run, you know, well, I've run well against him. I've run well with him. And so I don't know that I don't know that I would have won. I don't know that that would have been, you know, maybe he would have got me at the line, but I'm certain I would have been top three. Like, that's, that's like, I'm, there's no doubt in my mind about that. Well, clearly you were able to turn the page, as we mentioned. You set the world record, and I know you may want to downplay it, but we're going we're gonna to talk this up. It's a world record <laughs> in the Springfield 800, but where are you jet-setting off to next? What's next for you? So I'm going to Europe. I'm leaving to Italy um, four days from today. And I have two races there. I have a race on the 13th, and then a few days after that. And then I'll head to Ireland for a race on the 22nd, and then I'll head to Sweden race on the 27th and then i will stop racing and i'll end my season hang out with my wife in europe until august 31st and then we'll come back for a little bit before moving to seattle a well-deserved break (laughs) in europe to hang out with your wife on vacation my friend i think after everything you've been through you deserve a little time in europe do you not yeah that's what i said i was like you know what we're blessed like (laughs) i can't be i can't be too upset like yeah it's like every four years but you know what we're going to Europe, and I'm going to run fast this summer. And like, we've had a great season, and we're going to get to, you know, go visit the mission that the mission, you know, all the people in our mission that we we both served in England. And so, yeah, we're blessed. Like, it's it's easy to like remember the how horrible those past couple days were, but looking ahead, it, it feels good. It, it feels, you know, like everything's going to be just fine. Shaq, congratulations on all you have accomplished, and as much as it uh, hurts to not make the Olympics. Let us reiterate that BYU Sports Nation uh, certainly is excited about the things that lie ahead in your future. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it feels good to have a like you know a wave of BYU people supporting me. It's like it's amazing. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. It feels good. It's it's just strengthening to be honest. We'll keep doing our part, man. You keep doing yours. Deal, deal, deal. All right, Shaq. Thanks for the time, man. Thanks, Shaq. Thanks, guys. Take care. Shaq Walker on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. If you haven't seen the video, his wife tweeted it out with the hashtag free Shaq. <laughs> he gets clipped from behind as he's positioned. He's moving inside in the last 50 meters to make a sprint. He was currently in second, yep. gets clipped. The guy that clips him trips and falls down. 
and he's at, you think at that point he's he's done, but Shaq loses all his momentum and finishes fourth. He kind of threw up his hands at the finish line. I was like, what, what, what now? But like you said, he thought the appeal's going to go through. I'm going to be fine. Yeah, there was more controversy in the appeals process. Still to come, big deal, no deal. Jimmer back in the NBA Summer League. But first, NFL offensive lineman Riker Matthews will tell us what his new life is like as a saint. BYU Sports Station back in Radio Vision. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Download the new BYU TV app on the fourth-generation Apple TV. You can stream live content as well as watch BYU TV shows and sporting events on demand. If you are not aware of all of the options you have to do take in BYU Sports Nation, the list it's continues growing. to grow. <laughs> yes. It's ridiculous. In fact, it's so long that I'm not going to waste your time right now <laughs> rehashing all of those ways. Just find You type in BYU Sports Nation into Google, and you'll be able to find it. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby has announced, wait for it, the conference board of directors will meet July 19th saying, it could be a day of determination whether the league votes to add additional schools or whether the current round of expansion talk ends. It could be. Hashtag it's all happening now or not. <laughs> Days after being disqualified in the Olympic trial, Shaquille Walker, who just joined us on BYU Sports Nation, sets a world record in the Road 800, the Springfield 800, finishing the race in 146 54. He broke it by like five seconds. And again, that's on the road, not on a track, just in running shoes. And shows. got a nice payday, too. Yeah. Something, yeah. 5,000 bucks. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. bad. Brandon Davies had 3.5 rebounds and assists and a steal in 11 and a half minutes for the Detroit Pistons Summer League team yesterday. And BYU baseball's Colton Shaver went two for three with an RBI last night. He's currently hitting 257 in the Cape Cod League with the Wareham Gateman. Back in Studio B, and it has been too long is a man now seeking a saintly life. You see what I did there? <laughs> Super corny. Riker Matthews is with us of the New Orleans Saints. Riker, nice to have you back, man. Nice to be back. Uh, how long did it take you to grow the epic beard you have rocking right now? Uh, I mean, I probably started it, let's see, when did I start it? Right after the bowl game. So yeah, I just stopped shaving and went for it there. I was in Houston with it, you know, slowly getting longer and longer, then... Tried to trim it myself. You can probably tell it's a little uneven, you know, both sides. But, uh, yeah, so what is that, five months, six Five months. months. Okay, so do you need to find, like, a, a barber in New Orleans? That I need can, to because can you can tell it's it's not straight Control that thing? Yeah, control it a little bit. <laughs> Can't do it myself. Now, being in New Orleans, a lot of things come to mind. I've been in New Orleans twice. It's a fantastic city, and one of the things – that it's known for, obviously, is food. Mm. So what's the best thing you've eaten in New Orleans? Uh, man, there was a lot of a lot of good places. I'm trying to think. Uh, there was a place on, uh, or just right next to Frenchman Street and Bourbon Street that I just got the surf and turf, you know, steak and, steak and shrimp. And the shrimp that I had there was incredible. <laughs> it, was, it was so good, so good. And they had the live band that was playing and, me and my girlfriend were there, and we were sitting outside and just enjoying the night's air. It was awesome. It's it's an awesome city. For Do sure. you ever have to step back and be like, "Wow, I'm I'm in New Orleans. <laughs> I'm 
for the time being playing professional football like what what has that been like for you uh it's definitely been an eye-opener for sure I mean it's what I've been dreaming for ever since I was a little kid and uh I mean when, when I'm there it's you don't really realize you know what what you're doing and all you're hanging out with are is the you know the New Orleans Saints and so uh I mean, it's it's definitely an eye-opener, and then you go to, like, a grocery store or a gas station, and, you know, everyone knows who all the players are. And, I mean, the the fan base in New Orleans is incredible, and they all know everyone, and, I mean, they look at us as family. And so it's uh, it's been eye-opening, and I've loved it for sure. The answer to this question may be obvious, but what's been the biggest change in your life since – the end of the football season, and then the last time we saw you, which was at BYU Pro Day. Um, yeah, like you said, it's obvious. I'm basically living in New Orleans now. And, uh, I mean, I grew up in American Fork, played at American Fork High School, went to BYU 20 minutes away. Are you suggesting that New Orleans is different than American <laughs> Fork and, and Provo? No, not at all. It's exactly the same. Exactly the I've same. Always, I've always thought of New Orleans <laughs> as the American Fork of the East. <laughs> A lot of people do. I've heard that. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, my goodness. Take us back to the end of the NFL draft when teams are essentially trying to convince you to sign with them and, mm-hmm. and come and work out for their teams. Why did you decide to go with New Orleans? Um, I mean, luckily enough, I have an awesome agent that uh, was on the ball all through the draft, you know, tracking who was drafting who. And... Uh, and I mean, I was out on the golf course during the draft, you know, with my with my siblings. And honestly, I got a phone call from him that, you know, probably 10 minutes before the draft ended and said, all right, it's either so-and-so or the Saints. And I was like, all right, sounds good. He's like, yeah, I've just been watching them. You know, the Saints haven't drafted any offensive linemen, and it's not looking like they're going to. And so I think they're going to be your best bet. Or they, he said the Chargers or the other team who was also interested a lot. And he's like, there's some other teams that are straggling in and out, but those are the ones that have called me multiple times, you know, making sure that I'm ready and, you know, that they want to pick me. And then I just got a text from him, like, the second the draft was over, and I was like, congratulations, you're a saint. I was like, awesome. <laughs> Love it. No, so I've been, I've been blessed. And That's the way to do the draft, man. I know, right? It I'm going to nice. go play golf. Yeah. You let me know when a team wants me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was nice. It was really nice, and he took care of it really well, and I'm on a great team now. Well, to this point, you've gone through mini camps. You've gone through some OTAs. What have the coaching, coaching staff told you uh, about where you fit in and what they're wanting to see from you? Uh, I mean, they're really happy with how I played over the summer. Uh, I did pretty well. Um, you know, for the most part, I was second string left tackle all summer through rookie, cam- well, rookie camp. I was first just because the vets weren't there, you know. And then OTAs and uh, uh, vet mini camp, uh, I was second string left tackle the entire time. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think I kind of stand right there. I don't know where they want me as far as once the season comes around, if they want to move me into guard or, you know, over to right tackle and just kind of be a backup there. But, uh, I mean, from what they've told me, they've been really impressed with how I've been working and what I've been doing. And if I just keep working as hard as I am, then i got a great shot of making it. What have you improved upon the most since your collegiate days now to where we are now with the New Orleans Saints? 
Uh, I think focusing on the details has been a big thing for me. Uh, I mean, in the in the NFL, everything is so specific, and if you don't do those specific things, then you're going to lose on a you know a day to day basis or a play to play basis. And so, if you don't focus on those minute details of you know just uh, extra inch here or one less inch there on a step or a kick step and uh, you're just you're not going to be as effective as you want to be and you know that's the biggest thing that I've learned from the vets is all those little little blades of grass that everyone always talks about they really do matter in the NFL because everyone is good there's no plays off Uh, every single play is hard before we went on air I asked you if you had an opportunity to get to know Drew Brees and you mean like, oh yeah. What's the, what's the interaction with Drew Brees been like? Uh, I mean, he's an awesome guy. And it's the first, first or second day the rookies were there. It was me and a couple other rookie offensive linemen just sitting at the table eating lunch. And he comes in and, you know, all the other vets are there. And he comes in and grabs his lunch tray and comes and sits next to all the rookie O linemen and just starts talking to us. And, you know, not even really about football, just like getting to know us. I talked to him about golf for about 20 minutes. And, uh, I mean, he's just an awesome dude. And I went to a charity event where, um, you know, he rented out the House of Blues and had Tim McGraw come sing. Because Drew Brees can do that. (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, I mean, he's walking by us, you know, know, obviously he was busy during the whole thing. He's walking by me and a couple other dudes and, you know, stopping and saying hi and making sure, like, we're all right and we got everything we needed. And, I mean, he's just an awesome guy. Overall, just a great, great guy. You've protected uh, some pretty good quarterbacks at BYU between Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum and now hopefully Drew Brees at the NFL level. Before you go, one question about the BYU football team moving forward. What do you anticipate from this new coaching staff and the fact that they bring back both Taysom and Tanner mm-hmm. and Ty Detmer as the offensive coordinator? I only I think the sky's the limit. I mean, I, I only expect greatness from them. I mean, especially those two quarterbacks, whoever they decide to use, I mean, they're not going to go wrong. That's that's for sure. And that's a comforting decision. Yeah, right? I I definitely think they're both amazing quarterbacks, and they both have their strengths and they both have their weaknesses. And though I'm I know both of both the guys uh, very closely, and I know they're both working on those weaknesses. And um, it's it's going to be fun to watch. You know, Ty Detmer is an awesome guy as well, and I think the new coaching staff is gonna you know do whatever they can to make sure that this team is successful, which. You know, we all want to hear, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna shock some people for sure. Okay, one reminder for you, Riker. BYU football season is less than two months away. <laughs> Countdown to the Wildcats. Fifty-nine days. Fifty-nine days to be exact. Wow. Uh- I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> you should have joined in with us on the countdown. I know. Well, you should have told me about it. Yeah. We do would. it every <laughs> stinking day. <laughs> uh, thanks, Riker. It's it's great to catch up with you, man. Uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward with New Orleans, and can't wait to see what develops, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. We need you to sign our new. I don't think you've been in here since we got the newer flag. I know there's a lot of signatures up there, but we want your autograph again, man. If that's okay. Oh yeah, definitely. There you go. Riker Matthews of the New Orleans Saints trying to make that NFL roster. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, 
an NBA update in the Cougar Whip Round. But first, big deal, no deal. Is a Big 12 expansion decision on the way? Yes. I had great memories of being a fan of BYU here as a young man, watching all the games. I had the chance to be here as a student. BYU Sports Nation proudly presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard hanging out in Studio B. If you miss an episode of this show live, the rebroadcast airs every weeknight, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, several different places, on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation. It's BYU Sports Nation on Instagram, and if you're into the Snapchat, you can find us at BYUSN. If you're into the Snapchat. If you're into the Snapchat. The Snap Snaparoo. I said a, a Snap, uh, do you call them a Snap? Yes. Yeah. I said because the... you're an expert, right? <laughs> do I call it a Snap? <laughs> I sent one out this morning at 4.21 a.m. Nobody saw that, Jason. <laughs> well, they're seeing it now. <laughs> no. Not at 4.21 Why are you sending a snap at 4.21 <laughs> in the morning? Because on, on days that I do BYU Sports Nation, I get up at 4 to be at the gym at 4.30. Jason. <laughs> How are you alive by like two in the afternoon? Oh, there'll be a nap in my future. <laughs> there's, there's certainly a nap coming this afternoon. <laughs> what is the best BYU basketball win in the post-Jimmer era? That is our Twitter question today. At VAR underscore Black says, Hands down, the Nate Austin block shot at Gonzaga for the win last year. Do you remember where we were watching this game? <sighs> Hang on a second. I'm trying to remember. Because we were watching this together. With probably oh yes, it was after the women's, women's game. game. After the that's, women's game, that's right. And we were just yelling. We were ahead of the feed in the Marriott yes. Center, <laughs> so everyone else is watching on the big screen at the Marriott Center, and we're like 15 seconds ahead. So we're all like, "Yeah, well, get that out of here!" Well, the Gonzaga fans that had showed up to support the Gonzaga women's basketball team were already depressed because BYU had beaten them, and they were watching as all the <laughs> BYU fans that stayed around were cheering once <laughs> BYU beat the men's team. That was that's a great memory. That's a fantastic that was a good memory. Holy cow. Also good. Big deal, no deal. Let's play it. Big deal. No deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries. Let's get to it. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Big twelve commish. Bob Bowlesby says the conference board of directors could make it wait. Who didn't refresh the script from last month? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a big deal or no deal, Jason? Are you really asking me this question? I'm going to let you go first because you're the Big 12 guy. Even if there's like a .01% chance that a decision is going to be made on July 19th, yes, it is a big deal. <sighs> Again, this, this is what they are saying here. We're going to maybe make a decision about whether we're going to expand or not. Maybe. They didn't even they didn't say the decision is going to be made on July 19th. It was... Well, maybe we'll make a decision on that day. This is no deal. No deal to the T, man. <laughs> They're just stringing us along. It's like, But you I, know what? Uh, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm, I'm following it. I'm all I in. Think, well, maybe I'll eat uh, a steak for lunch, or maybe I won't. But the decision might be made later <laughs> at 1130 this morning. Or it might not be. Makes I don't know. Sense. It makes complete sense. Number two. So, so were you saying that maybe that's a big deal, or maybe it's not a big deal? <laughs> Jason thinks it's, it's a one hundred percent. It's a huge deal. I say one hundred percent. No, 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 no deal. Okay, now number two. 
Big deal, no deal. Shaq Walker breaks a world record but will not compete in the Olympics. You take this one. <sighs> I say this is a big deal because it's a bounce back that Shaq needed mentally. I think there's no way to easily get over the disappointment of not being able to qualify or at least having a shot to qualify for the Olympics because it happens once every four years. But some things happen for a reason, right? Most things happen for a reason. And Shaq, as you heard, is going to take it in stride. He's the guy that is like, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I get better? He will be back and get ready. I love the attitude of him saying, I can't, there's nothing I can do about it now. So why am I going to let it bother me? That, that's, a, that's strong mentality. Yeah, it's a big deal to me because after what happened to him in the Olympic trials, he had every reason to go into a funk after that. You know what I mean? Like, like emotionally, maybe not being at the top of his game. And not only did he not look at it like that, he went into his next race and set a world record. That, that, that is, talk about mental toughness and overcoming adversity, yeah, it's a big deal. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Taysom Hill named to the Maxwell Trophy watch list. Jason, the honors are yours here. I, I will say no deal. Uh, what? And I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I'm saying You're that. You're going no deal on I, something I, that involves Taysom Hill? But I feel like I say big deal for all of them. <laughs> exactly. I, I will say no deal simply because it, it's – we knew he would be on this. <laughs> They're gonna, of course they're going to watch him. He, he could be one of the nation's best quarterbacks or best players. <laughs> this is no deal. I mean, the fact that Taysom Hill says he could play today, I mean, that, that's, that's the real big deal, right? I could, we asked him, could you play today? Yes, I could play. Now, that is a big deal. The fact <laughs> that the Maxwell Award is like, yeah, we still think you're a good quarterback. Well, no kidding, because he is. No deal. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Jimmer Fredette playing on the Denver Nuggets Summer League team. Where you going? Do you want to go first? I'll I'll say no deal. Because I'm looking at the Nuggets roster. This is not a team, number one, that I think he would want to play for. But also, I I just don't know if this is a fit for him. So I'm going to say no deal. I mean, and in all honesty, regardless of where you play in the Summer League, it, you're playing for every team. Yes. It's not just yes. for the Nuggets. So I will say no deal. I'll say this is a big deal because I feel like this is Jimmer's last chance. But how many times have we said that? To hopefully get on an NBA roster this year. I mean, the the tone of his conversation has changed. The last time we talked to him a few months ago was, and he didn't say this directly, but the impression that I got from that interview, and you can go back and listen to it. You can find the clip on YouTube. But I am fairly confident that if it doesn't work out this year, it's Europe. It's on to Europe. Well, and he knows he has that in his back pocket. His he, game is fitted for the European style of basketball play. He would be an absolute superstar over there, but that's not his dream. Yep. His dream is to make more of his name in the NBA, and I feel like this is the last shot he legitimately has to work his way into some sort of minutes on an NBA roster. It would be awesome. I, I still think there's a there's room for Jimmer Fredette in the NBA. I, I hope because as you mentioned, that is his dream. Hopefully that's the hopefully that works out for him. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the Western United States for over sixty five years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. That is big deal, no deal. On the way, BYU Cougars hit the rugby all American teams. Plus, what did Brandon Davies 
doing his NBA Summer League time yesterday, all part of the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What should we do, Jason? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Football. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby announced that the conference board of directors will meet July 19th, saying it could be a day of determination whether the league votes to add additional schools or whether the current round of expansion talk ends. Track and fill. Wake me up. Wake me up when something happens. I'm, I'm filling in for Jerem Jordan with that line today. <laughs> Days after being disqualified in the Olympic trials, Shaquille Walker sets a world record in the road 800 meters at the Springfield 800, finishing in 146 and 54 one-hundredths. He was on the show today. His positive outlook is such on a situation that I feel like is absolutely remarkable. If you want to hear what he's doing and why he is okay after such a disappointment, download the podcast. Cougars in the Association. Brandon Davies had three points, five rebounds, and an assist and a steal in 11 and a half minutes playing for the Detroit Pistons in the Orlando Summer League yesterday. Baseball. The big bopper, Colton Shaver, as Gary Scheide calls him. <laughs> Went two for three with an RBI last night, currently hitting 257 in the Cape Cod League. That is an elite college baseball league. Softball. Former BYU softball player Gordy Bravo and the Mexican national team face the USA Elite today. That getting underway at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Rugby. Eight BYU Cougars named All-American for rugby. Alexander Vorster, Matt Jensen, Calvin Whiting, and Fatua Laie were awarded first-team All-American for BYU. Congratulations. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. We need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to Shaq Walker for all of the reasons we stated above. Our elite tweet of the day answering what is the best BYU basketball win in the post-Jimmer era from at Lady M. Stonewall. No doubt both wins against the Zags are epic. Anytime we can get Jerem Jordan's head shaved is a bonus as well. Hey, thanks to the guests today, Riker Matthews and Shaq Walker. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Earl Kaufman.